0: There's a problem with how you talk about your company and what you do. Now, the two main things people need to know are not found in how long you've been in business or that it was started in a basement and passed down through generations and how you grew out of your first location but remained people-focused. Snooze Fest. We are doing it wrong. Now, you, you definitely are telling a story to your customers and donors, but Is it the right story? Are you bringing clarity with your words or are you asking people to follow you into a fog? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today's episode is about the power of story. And as we'll learn, there are rules to storytelling that we must follow in order to move people in the direction that we are wanting them to go. Dr. J.J. Peterson is my guest today. He's the Chief of Teaching and Facilitation at StoryBrand down in Nashville, Tennessee. I was so happy to interview J.J. He's the co-host alongside Donald Miller on the Building a StoryBrand podcast, author of several books, and recently finished his doctorate defending the StoryBrand framework. So it's not just this feel-good kind of thing about telling good stories, there's definite research behind why this works. You are going to love this, and more importantly, you and I both, we all, all of us listening to this, we all need this. I love this stuff, it is so much fun to bring these types of conversations to you, so pay attention, you're gonna get a lot from it. Here it is, my conversation with Dr. J.J. Peterson.
1: We work with a lot of companies who really are trying to figure out how to tell a clear message in their marketing, or even in any kind of form of communication, but marketing in particular. And teach them how story works, how to tell a good story through their company and really ultimately how to invite customers into a story so that there's higher engagement and their business can grow.
0: What is the the term that you all use, a story brand framework?
1: It, it all kind of goes, starts with understanding how our brains work and basically Like our brains are designed obviously to keep us alive. That's really their primary task, it's designed to keep us alive. And one of the ways that they do that is by always looking at our environment for ways that we can survive or thrive. That's really a big thing. Like even human connection and different things, like different information we're adding to our kind of database, it's all designed to basically help us figure out how to survive and thrive. So when we get information, this is just kind of how humans engage the world. When we get information that doesn't immediately compute with us, it's not easy to see how it mm-hmm. contributes to our survival and thriving, we push it out of our brain. So it's like when you walk into an auditorium for a meeting or even even just like a, a big conference room for a meeting, You're walking in and you're not really noticing how many chairs are there but you always know where the exits are like our brain just naturally kind of filters out oh i don't don't need to know how many cracks are in the wall how many you know tiles are in the ceiling but i do need to know where the exits are and anybody who's in any room pretty much can go yeah the exit's over there because our brain just naturally is drawn to what helps us survive and thrive and then the other thing that's part of that survival and thriving that our brain helps us do is it tries to burn as few calories as possible in figuring out that information. When you are having to process a lot of information, your brain is actually burning a lot of calories and decision-making neurons. And so like when... Uh, like when you're in a big, long meeting all day and you just sat, but at the end of it, you're exhausted or you took like the SATs, you know, and you're you're exhausted at the end of the day and you're like, I just sat there. Well, you didn't just sit there. Your brain was actually burning calories. So when you understand that that's kind of how the human brain works, that it's always looking for ways to information that is going to contribute to our survival and thriving and. That we have to—we're looking to understand it so quickly that we don't have to burn any calories. If we burn too many calories, and the barbarians come over the hill to kill us, then we're we're out of luck. So that's kind of how we all work, and we all do this. Like every day, you wake up and you think this way. Your brain naturally does this. And so, what often happens is companies. They're so close to their marketing and messaging that they think they're talking about how their product contributes to their customer survival and thriving, but they're not. Or Mm -hmm. they think they're doing it in a super, super clear way that people can understand it quickly, but because they're so close to their product, they're not. And the average person now receives between three and 5,000 commercial messages a day. And the only ones that are getting through are the ones that basically very quickly are able to communicate how that product can contribute to a customer's survival and thriving. We come in, StoryBrand will come in, and we'll kind of like look at messaging and marketing, their websites, their emails, all that stuff, and go, yeah, you're not telling the right story here. (laughs) Causing people to burn way too many calories, and it has nothing to do with their survival and thriving. And so the way that we overcome that, is to teach people how to invite their customers into a really good story. Here's a little bit of a, this isn't quite about the story brand framework. It's a little bit more nerdy background. You said you kind of wanted to nerd out a little bit. Yeah, bring it. So my my PhD is in communication and study of narrative and um, both direct and indirect communication, different things like that. And one of the things that I studied was essentially what's called narrative transportation. When you experience a great story. Um you actually place yourself emotionally and mentally in that story. So like if you've ever said the phrase or heard the phrase I got lost in a book, you've experienced narrative transportation. Or when you're watching a movie and the bad guy jumps out and you jump, you've experienced narrative transportation because you've put yourself in that cried when the couple kissed at the end of the movie, right? You experience that because you are feeling what the characters are feeling. You're experiencing it along with them. Now, there's actually a bunch of rules that have to be followed in order for people to experience narrative transportation. The story has to follow a certain set of rules. It has to have what's called fidelity and coherency. The story has to stick together and it has to make sense. And if it doesn't, people don't experience narrative transportation. A lot of times we'll walk out of a movie and we'll go, Ugh. I mean, there's there's bad writing and then there's bad acting. But then really, a lot of the times when we don't pay attention to good movies or to movies, it's because they broke the rules of story. And the story doesn't stick together. It doesn't make sense. There's, piece, there's too much information in there. And so we tune out. And what happens is the more rules you follow, the higher level of narrative transportation that a person experiences in a story and the higher level people experience the more likely it is to both change their minds and their actions. A high level of narrative transportation actually helps people change their mind and actions. So kind of boiling all that down, if a story follows rules and actually helps people understand and make sense of the story, people will experience narrative transportation so they will put themselves in the story and ultimately that will change their minds and actions. So we know that this is true from books, that books can influence the way we think and feel and act and movies and all of that. But actually, so can marketing. When marketing tells a good story, people can experience narrative transportation. They can see themselves in the story. There's research that even shows that that can happen in quickly as a tweet or an Instagram post. Like Even that short of a story can invite people in and help them engage and change their minds and actions.
0: Now I'm dying to know. Um, and I think I know the answer to this, but then how, where, where does the story brand framework fit into? Is the framework the rules?
1: Yeah. So all of that is just background, <laughs> really to say like this is how humans work, and this is why this works. But then what Storybrand has done is we've taken the principles of storytelling, basically going all the way back to Aristotle and Plato and all the way up through film writers today. And, and said, what are the rules of story? How do you tell a cohesive story that makes sense? And there's, you know, depending on different frameworks that you use, there's a lot of, you know, if you're writing a specific kind of movie, there may be 32 plot points you have to hit. But really, in its most basic form, story can be broken down to seven main rules, seven main principles um, that have to be talked about and written about in a story in order for it to make sense and for people to buy in and experience narrative transportation. And those are that in any movie you've ever seen, that there, you have to first know that there there is a main character or a group of characters, like a, pro- a group protagonist, that wants something. And you know very early on in the movie what that person wants the main character wants. Then in order for the story to start getting good, that main character has to encounter a problem. There has to be a problem that gets in the way of what the character wants. Then we know as an audience that the the character can't overcome that problem on their own, or that would be a very short story. So they have to transform and they have to grow. And the way that they do that is by meeting a guide. And that guide helps them overcome the story so that Obi-Wan Kenobi, Gandalf, Heimitch, You know, they meet somebody who helps them overcome. That guide gives them a plan, and the plan um, helps them overcome, get what they want and overcome their problems. Then there is a moment where the main character is called to action, and that they have to either accept or reject the call to move forward. There's like a moment where they have to disarm the bomb or run away. The character can give up or they have to move forward, and that's the call to action. And then we as an audience know what the stakes are in the story, meaning we know that if this fails, if there's failure in the story, that this story could go incredibly wrong, everybody could die, everybody's alone and sad, or we also know what a happy ending could be like. We know that there is there's a beautiful future that could happen where everybody is, is restored and back together and happy and in love and all those things. So those are really the elements of story. There is a character who has a problem, who meets a guide, who gives them a plan that calls them to action and can result in failure or success. So that's the most basic. And what we've done is we've taken that and then laid it, moved it out of kind of the screenwriting space and put it into a marketing space. And in order for you to tell that cohesive story, in order for you to invite your customers into a story, You need to have all of those elements in your marketing. So you need to be able to clearly articulate where people don't have to burn any calories to understand. You have to articulate that you have what the customer wants. That you need to be able to identify that. And it can't be 50 things. So many people make their marketing about 50 different things. And when you make your marketing about 50 different things, you're causing people to burn too many calories. You're Mm -hmm, causing them mm -hmm. to tune out because they don't know how this contributes to my survival and thriving. So you need to very clearly articulate what it is that your customer wants and that you offer it.
0: I know you're going to hit on this, but who is the main character in this framework?
1: The, The main character in the story is your customer. And that's the thing that a lot of companies don't understand is they think that when they're telling a good marketing story, that means that they have to tell a good story about their company. That's not actually true. If you actually want to influence the way people think and act, you need to have them experience narrative transportation. So if you're telling your story and you're saying how great you are and all the wonderful things that you do, people are going, that's a great story, but that's not my story. So they're not actually going to experience narrative transportation. They may be interested or intrigued, but if you really want to engage people, you have to tell them their story. And their story starts with that character want. What is it that, that, that your customer wants and how do you articulate it in a way that is so clear that they don't have to burn any calories to understand?
0: So we're the guy, the, the, the company's the the guide.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even before us, here's the thing I think a lot of people mess up on is they start talking about themselves as the guide first. So you actually, the guide doesn't come into the story until later, right? You almost always meet the main character before you meet the guide in a in a movie mm-hmm. right because people have to see that the story is about them so if you start with what the character wants what the customer wants then you want to articulate and here's the thing that's getting in the way here's the problem you're experiencing and really like we file companies in our brains by the problem that that company solves not by the brand name itself and let me explain that a little bit is that sure. like um if you have a headache, I'm going to offer you probably what Tylenol Tylenol. yep. And if I have a if you have a stomach ache, I'm probably going to offer you what?
0: kombucha, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, essential oils. Um, there you go. There you go. (laughs) But you know, you'd offer Tums or Pepto, right? The only reason you're bringing, you would offer me those is because they are a solution to the problem that I've articulated to you. So you need to say as a company, be able to say, we know you're looking for this. We know you're looking for lawn care, but the problem is, and now you have to bring in the problem and you have to really articulate and talk about the customer's problem and how, what they're experiencing. And this is when the story really gets good. Um, people are only paying attention to your brand because you solve a problem for them. If they can solve the problem on their own, then they don't need to they don't need to buy anything from you. If I need if my lawn is overgrown, but I have the time and the patience and the desire to mow it, I don't need to hire anybody. That's not a problem, but if I have lawn care and it's causing me to feel overwhelmed or it's causing me to feel frustrated or I don't have the skills or I don't have the knowledge or the tools, then I'm going to hire somebody, right? So a company has to talk about the problem they solve over and over and over for their customer, and then after you've articulated what the customer wants, what the problem is that you solve for them. Then you actually position yourself as the guide. So that's then when you start talking about your company. And that is the big, like I said, the big paradigm shift of the story brand framework is that you are the guide, not the hero of the story. Your customer is the hero of the story. And you never want to be in competing stories with your customer. You want to be in the same story. So you position yourself as the guide. And you have empathy and you have authority. You talk about how you understand their problems and how you've helped other people overcome those. And then, as a good guide does in stories, you give them a plan. You give them a very clear three step plan of how to do business with you or how you do business. Basically, like, you know, a very quick example would be let's say for a business coach, call and set up an appointment. Second, We'll look at the areas where you, um, where your blind spots, where you need to improve. And third, we're going to give you a plan in order to grow your business. One, two, three. Right. So you're getting a three-step plan for them to move ahead, how to do business with you. Then there's a direct call to action, where it's a, which is really buy now, right. So you're calling them to actually accept or reject the offer and to move forward in the story. And then you also have to paint a picture for what could happen if they don't. So what failure looks like and what success looks like, what a happy ending looks like. So what does their life look like after they've purchased your product in the very positive way? Or what could life look like if they don't purchase your product?
0: So I'm, I'm assuming that um, most companies, because StoryBrand exists, most companies are not getting this right. No. So if that's the majority, what does that look like when you get the roles mixed up when you put yourself as the hero that kind of thing. You get the order wrong, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it looks like um companies like let's say from a guide perspective, companies putting on their website that they won best places to work. Or they put their mission statement on their website because their mission statement is really about them. Like I was just looking at think it was JetBlue's mission statement. Actually, it's incredibly beautiful mission statement about how they basically want to do good in the world, both in the air and on the ground. And I'm like, that is a wonderful mission statement for internal, but that says nothing about what they do as a company. So if they just put the mission statement, we want to do good in the air and on the ground, and somebody just read that, then you would look at it and go, oh, are you, are you a nonprofit that cleans the ozone or you know you like mm. you don't know what they do and so i'm having to burn calories in order to understand that and i'm more likely to tune out and ignore it because they're they're telling their story they're all about making bringing good in the world that's not my story i want to get to dallas and so you need to tell me what you offer me in a way that helps me survive and thrive and so that's like one way another thing is so many companies think that they're being clear in their messaging and they're not at all. Um, I work with a number of uh, people who are are like business consultants, right? And they Mm -hmm. might say, we help you grow your business. Okay. That starts to give me a little bit of the success factor, but it doesn't tell me how. Are you a hiring agency? Are you a marketing agency? Are you a business coach? What are you? Mm -hmm. You articulate that very, very clearly. And then I would say the other biggest mistake we see all the time is people do not call their customers to action. They don't have a buy now button that's obvious on their website. They don't have a buy now button that repeats itself over and over all the way down the page. You have Mm -hmm. to be bold and call your customers to action. If you genuinely believe that your product can solve a problem for your customer, then a good guide stands firm in their authority and says, nope, this is the way forward. You know, you never see Gandalf back down from Frodo. You never see Yoda back down from Luke. You never even see mm-hmm. Hamich back down from Katniss, right? A guide stands firm and says this is how you're going to overcome your problems. And I have I have a solution for you. And it's the same with products. We don't want to be arrogant with what we offer and we don't want to be pushy. But if you're not calling your customer to action, you are missing out on an amazing amount of sales.
0: So then um, a little twist on this, and I know that um, you speak about this in your dissertation, but what what impact does all of this have narrative transportation and, and transportation theory on uh, internal communication at our organizations.
1: You can use it for the exact same thing. When I go and give a, a an address to, like I give a keynote, say at a chamber of commerce or something like that, I'll start uh-huh. out and say, I'm going to do a very shortened version of it here. I would expand this for a speech, but I might say something like this. Everybody is here because they want to make strong connections that are going to help them grow their business. And so you need to have a quick and easy way to talk about what it is you do that engages people with your product and service. The problem is so many of us have such a complicated explanation of what we do that it actually turns people off. We don't realize it's turning people off instead of getting people engaged. I've actually experienced this myself. I've had some of the same problem, but Over the past five years, I've helped thousands of companies clarify their message and grow their business and explain what it is they do in a way that's engaging. The way I do that is I go in and I teach people how story works, why story is important for how our brain works. Then I teach people how to create a clear and compelling story for their company. Then I actually show them how to put that clear and compelling story on websites, emails, any kind of collateral. Actually, I have a workshop that's coming up December 7th and 9th that you can sign up for. And we've just seen over and over that when people sign up for that, they stop being confused about their messaging. They stop turning their customers away. And instead, their whole team is united, and they are able to invite more customers in and grow their business.
0: That last part was your buy now button? My
1: last, My buy now button was we have a December workshop. Yep. So everything was there. I talked about, here's what you want. Here's the problem. Here I understand the problem. Here's the plan. Here's the call to action. And then ultimately, this is what life looks like. If you don't, you're going to continue to feel this struggle. And if you do, things are going to be great. That was a very quick kind of off the cuff. But like, if you're, say, internal communication, you're sitting down for a meeting. Don't start the meeting with like, all right, what do we got? You know, you start the meeting with... Here's why we're all here because we all want this. Hey, we're all here because we want to make sure that this project runs smoothly. Then you go into a problem, but the problem is boom, I get it. Mm -hmm. Here's our plan that in this meeting we're going to do to overcome this problem. I'm going to ask you to sign up for your thing at the end of this. And when we're done, then life is not going to look like this and it is going to look like this. So you can start every Just like one-on-one meeting, every group meeting, um, every time you get up to give a speech, and that invites people into the story. It makes sense. Their mind is able to follow the process, and they will, even in that moment, experience just a little bit of narrative transportation.
0: I'm going to put myself out there a little bit. There's two meetings that we just recently had, uh, internal meetings, and... um... Uh, I failed big time <laughs> at the most recent one, okay. um, but the one prior to that, that's why there's two that came to mind. Uh, there was the failure of, yeah, I don't know if uh, we started this off right. And then that's the trajectory of the rest of the meeting. But then the one, the other one that came to mind was, okay, I did do it that time. And that was, I think one of the differentiating, fa- maybe the biggest differentiating factor in the value that came out of the meeting itself and get increased engagement, um, more ideas, the creativity. Um, The the rules were set. The reason, the rationale of why we're here is set. And then the the path for where we're going, this is, this is really, really good. Cause I'm not, I'm not by, by title in marketing. um, But this is really applicable. This is, this is so good.
1: It changes everything. I mean, and even then you can take those principles and create a short story. So if somebody asks you, so what do you do for a living? I didn't really follow this rule when we first started talking, um, but normally when somebody says, what do you do, you, mm-hmm. you tell a short story. And that short story is the problem you solve, the solution you offer, and the results that happen for your customer when it's done. It, it's a very quick little formula. So somebody says, what do you do? I don't usually say I do marketing and messaging. Unless I don't really want to talk to them, because that shuts down the conversation <laughs> But I, will, I could say something like, they go, what do you do? And I say, well, you know how a lot of companies, like their websites don't perform the way they want? It's because they actually are communicating a very unclear message. At StoryBrand, we have a seven-part framework that helps people understand how to tell a good story on their website. And we've just seen over and over that when people put that on their website, that they're, they're, they are they're have more customer engagements and their business grows. So mm-hmm. problem, solution, success. And I can change all of those around, even in any discussion. Let's say I'm going to do a private workshop. Um, I might say, you know, what do you do? Well, a lot of companies um, are growing so quickly that all of their team members are putting different messages out to the public. They're very confused and they're not united. At StoryBrand, what we will do is come in and work with your company to help everybody get on the same page and telling the same story. And when you do, that means everybody on your staff becomes a salesperson, and ultimately you get better connection as a team. Problem, solution, success. It's a little bit wordy, but what it does is it gets people beginning to experience narrative transportation. So it's not just for marketing, which that's really our main focus in that space is how to communicate clearly in emails, websites, but let's say you're writing an internal email for your staff. You can follow this framework. You're getting ready to lead a meeting. You can follow this framework. Somebody asks you at a cocktail party, what you do, you can follow this framework.
0: So uh, I want to get into a couple more things from your dissertation, because I love story, but I know some of our listeners are going to be like, okay, what, what what's the data behind this? I get it. It feels good. I know Yoda. I know all that stuff. But what did you discover what were some results, surprises and, and that, that were affirmed uh, during your research in your dissertation?
1: So there were really two questions that I set out to answer um, with a small group you know, of people who had gone through the process and everything was, first off, does moving from kind of a, a, a data-based or fact-based um, marketing to a narrative form grow your business essentially but i I did a whole bunch of success factors does it influence internal communication external communication ease of creation of marketing collateral uh, unification of team get more employees all that stuff so i kind of uh, i was i had a whole bunch of different success factors but the first question was does moving from fact-based marketing to narrative marketing grow all of those success factors And the quick answer was, yes, every area grew. The more areas that they um, used narrative marketing, even on their uh, recruitment pages and everything, the more they used it, the more they grew. So I was kind of excited about that because that would have been very scary if as story (laughs) brand, like, you know, I go out and they're like, no, it doesn't work, sorry. Uh, But people made more money. They got more customers. They decreased their spending on marketing. They increased their capacity to create. They got more employee buy-in, all of that stuff. So then the next question I wanted to know was, are there contributing factors to greater levels of success for some companies compared to others? So if you were a individual entrepreneur, or if you were a $10 billion company, did that make a difference? If you were, had a marketing degree or didn't, uh, if you were older, younger, any of those, I looked at
0: like business to business, business to consumer, yep. nonprofit, like everything. All
1: okay. If you're a nonprofit business consumer, if you uh, were a marketing agency even. Um, and so I looked at every factor I could think of that might skew the data a little bit. And basically I found out that there was not a single factor. Of those kind of peripheral things that influenced success at all, nothing did except for one, and that was people's actual implementation. <laughs> so, the more you used narrative marketing, so if you the, uh, or a narrative framework, if you used it on your website, you got saw a little bit of success. If you did it in your website and your emails, you saw more success. If you did it website, emails, sales pitches, you saw even greater success. So the more you actually executed the framework within your company, the higher level of success you saw. If, if the studies show that changing to narrative marketing or narrative framework works, then the more you use it, the more it will work. And that's basically what I discovered.
0: I, I, I read this and I, I knew what the punchline was going to be, but it still surprises me. Uh, but I want to not skirt over it too quickly. So, so the more that someone implements narrative marketing, narrative framework into their marketing... The more uh, ROI they're going to see, regardless of segment, regardless of age, gender, that kind of stuff. And how does it fit with the story brand framework itself? Like, were you comparing story brands framework to narrative marketing to these results? Like, how did it? How does it translate to to story brand?
1: It was it it was specifically story brand that I was studying. So it was kind of like before and after case studies of people who didn't have narrative in or intentional narrative in their marketing. And then they implemented story brand.
0: And how many um, people, businesses, you know, roughly that were you getting feedback from and researching that? Oh,
1: wow. I don't know. To be honest, it's been a while (laughs) since I looked at it. Um, I think I sent it out to 15,000 people. I can't remember the, what the response rate was, but it was enough to be scientifically valid.
0: I I remember it was, it was thousands, but it was, I was shocked. So you, th- this is good. This is all standing on its own. It's not just a feel good kind of, if you like story, use it. It's, if you want to grow your business, use it.
1: The reality is most people who've been, are good communicators and who are good marketers have been doing some form of this for a while. Mm-hmm. Like they've been using pieces of it. What the story brand framework does is it really puts rules around it and allows you to do it faster even, you know, in many ways. Cause it's like, this, these are the guide rails. So it, a lot of us in marketing and creative space kind of want to have the world open to us, right? And it's just like we can go this way, we can go this way, we can go this way, we can do all this stuff. And, and that's wonderful. And you make like find lightning in a bottle that way, but it also takes a lot of time and energy and a lot of paths and mistakes that don't work. And when you follow this framework, it really gives you guide rails and says you have a lot of creativity. It's just within this space. Follow these rules, and you will be able to succeed.
0: This is good. So we're, we're rounding the corner on the interview. I am absolutely loving this, which uh, was no surprise because I'm I'm a believer. I'm, I am. <laughs> um, I got got the tattoo and everything. As
1: am I. As yes. As
0: am I. <laughs> yeah, we got the. Was it you that was next to me in the chair when we got the tattoos? I don't remember. <laughs> It's kind of a blur anyways. Crazy time. Uh, so the the two questions kind of combined. Yeah. And it has to do with this from here. Now that we've got this information and I'm thinking of two different people that are listening into this and it's not necessarily fair, but I think it's applicable. So those that aren't the head of the marketing portion of their company or nonprofit and those that are, yeah. what should they do with this info? Where would you direct us from here?
1: Um, you know, there's a couple well, I'll give a strong call to action <laughs> because like I said, I, I genuinely believe it, this thing changed my life. That's really the reason why I'm a believer is because I came to story brand very early as a client, Don and I were friends, the founder of story brand, Donald Miller were, and I were friends. I came as a client to brand a television show I had sold and I fell in love with the process. It changed my life. And genuinely, I wanted other people to get it. So I very much believe in this. So we offer some, we offer online courses, live workshops, and we have um, private workshops where people can come in and we can work in this. But if you're say an individual who is either in, in marketing or not in marketing, the best place to start would be Business Made Simple University. That's our online platform. So bmsu.com, Business Made Simple University, and all of our courses are on there. And there's specifically a course on messaging how to create a clear story there's also one on then how to take that into marketing there's also how to create a communications plan both internal and external we have Enneagram so if if people are Enneagram fans use the Enneagram Um, there's a number of different courses there's a negotiation course coming there's a daily planner life plan kind of course coming so on there that's where I would start it's it's the quickest way to get in into the system and and, and if you're bought in or like, yep, I want to use this, I want to start using it, I would go to bmsu.com and um, subscribe to the courses that are there.
0: The last question I have for you I, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts with, between you and Don and, and um, uh, read a bunch of stuff, obviously, with the dissertation and that. Uh, so I know a little bit about your personality and your bend towards encouragement. So I wanted to close the interview with what encouragement do you want to leave with folks that are listening in right now? Because, you know, it's, It's been been a wild time the last several months.
1: Yeah, you know, Don really talks about this and it is that there's four different characters in story, four main characters in story. The hero, the victim, the villain, and the guide. And the reason those are in story is because those are in us all the time. We all get to play Mm -hmm. those roles at different times. And in this season, a lot of us have been victim to things. But the reality is that good stories are never written about victims. Victim is meant to be a temporary state. And a victim only either makes the villain look bad or the hero look good. So when we choose to stay in a victim mentality, bad things can happen to us, but when we stay there, no good story is ever going to be written. And the villain often experiences the same backstory of pain that the victim has, but the villain then chooses to revenge the pain. They try to cause other people pain because of the pain that they experienced as a victim. The hero probably has the same backstory of pain of the villain and the victim, but the hero chooses to redeem the pain. And then the guide ultimately helps more people become heroes. And so for me, that's been really encouraging and challenging in this time because there's been moments where I've really wanted to stay a victim. (laughs) I've wanted to complain, I've wanted to be down because bad things have happened but I recognize over and over, good stories are never written about victims. And I can also cause other people pain by becoming a villain, right? But ultimately my goal in life is acknowledging the pain that I've experienced, acknowledging the hard things, the struggles that I've overcome, and ultimately working to redeem that for others. That's what being a hero means. And when you're marketing, you don't wanna play the hero in your life, it's actually okay to play the hero of the story. Because you are the hero of your story, and you're the person who's overcome hard things and has the ability to help other people do that as well. And that's when you move into the guide space. So I would just say during this season, there are going to be moments you're going to want to play the victim, and there's going to be moments you're going to want to play the villain. Avoid those as much as possible, and really work to redeem any kind of pain and suffering and struggle you've gone through, and then help others overcome that as well by being the hero and the guide.
0: That is a fantastic way to close this interview out. Thank you for, for saying that, that uh, this, this interview has been full of of value. Um, But that last answer to that question, that might be the, one of the biggest takeaways in this whole thing um, because it's real, it's real. And um, I appreciate it.
1: That's all Donald Miller. I mean, he's, he's the one who came up with that and influenced me with all of that, but it's changed my life and I hope it changes the lives of others.
0: Well, thank you so much for letting us uh, into the story and inviting us in. And thank you again for the time, JJ. No problem.
1: Thank you, Steve.
0: Okay. So takeaway and action item. I've got two takeaways and a couple action items as well. So first the takeaways, number one, it's not crazy to cry at a 92nd commercial. They're following the rules of storytelling and literally moving you to tears. If you want to see what I'm talking about, go to YouTube and type in thank you, mom, P and G commercial. Thank you, mom, P and G commercial. And make sure nobody's looking because you're probably going to cry. Number two, if we aren't following the rules of storytelling, we are confusing people. And as the intro to the StoryBrand podcast says, if you confuse, you lose action items pick up a copy of building a story brand number two another youtube search for you but search on youtube story brand one liner exercise i have sent this to probably over a dozen people just in the last 18 months it's extremely helpful i've gone through it two or three times And several members of our team have gone through it as well. It'll help you communicate clearly about your business. Uh, It could help you land your next position after the one that you're in now. And uh, it really more than likely will help you shed the noisy details that are causing confusion when you're talking to people about your business or about why you should have that next position. Coming up next time, I have Todd Bolsinger back with us to talk about his new book, tempered resilience how leaders are formed in the crucible of change you will not want to miss it and if you're new to the podcast we have dozens of conversations that will aid in your growth as a leader and here are two ways you can get them go to ccbtechnology.com podcast or if you're listening on your phone just simply click that purple subscribe icon and like magic you'll have access to all of the previous episodes Well, I can't wait to be with you all again soon. But until then, from all of us here at CCB Technology, thanks for listening.